afternoon and welcome to Veterans Talk to Forgotten Promise. This is Jim Lipner along with R.J. Doe, Bob Zentz with our Veterans Appeals, Neil Johnson with the Vietnam Veterans of America, and our special guest today, Judge Mark Stevens, Chief Municipal Judge for the City of Henderson and presides over Henderson's Veteran Treatment Court. Happy New Year's, gentlemen. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy New Year. It's our first show of the year. Uh, we made it through 2018, and it looks like 2019 is going to be a dilly with everything that's going on. The elections are over. Thank God I can turn on TV and not see a political commercial. <laughs> but they're already starting on 2020 already. I give up. Judge Stevens, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Well, thank a lot you. going on with the Veterans Court. But for the listeners that have not been tuned in in the past and, and been involved in the Veterans Court. What is the Veterans Court? Well, Veterans Court is created for, obviously, veterans, but it's veterans that have gotten themselves in trouble. My court in particular, it's typically misdemeanor uh, offenses. They uh, have come back from their service, and because of some of the issues stemming from their service, uh, they've gotten in trouble. And so it's a, a program where other courts refer their uh, veterans to my court on Thursday afternoon. And it's a very intense and, and difficult program, but with the goal of getting them back on track. So they come into the program and, and there's required uh, counseling. They get evaluated to determine what their needs are, what their issues might be, whether it be mental health issues, PTSD, uh, traumatic brain injuries, alcohol or drug addictions, or any other issues that are, they're confronting. So we get them evaluated and they're required to go to the counseling or the treatment program that's established, which includes community service, drug and alcohol uh, testing. Uh, they have to call in every single day to see if they're uh, being tested that day. And frequent status checks and the most important part of the whole program is the mentors who volunteer. These are veterans who volunteer to help mentor the individuals. Typically now we have two mentors that are be as being assigned to each veteran. One maybe more experienced vet, uh, mentor and one less experienced mentor. Um, so we're just very fortunate to have great individuals in the program. We have four attorneys that volunteer their time as defense attorneys to help represent them. Mr. Zentz is one of them, and they do a fantastic job in helping them in the program. Um, but it, it's really, it's an extended program. At a minimum, it's a year, but frequently a year and a half or, or even upwards of two years. Um, but you have individuals from every different rank and age, um, in November, one of our graduates was 85 years old, and uh, his mentor was much younger. He was, I think he's 82 or uh, years old. So uh, we've had everything from brigadier generals in the program down to E1s, all of them in need of, of help in getting their life in order. So it's, it's an opportunity, if they make it through the program, that their case is dismissed and their record sealed uh, depending on the case, uh, sometimes it's a conditional dismissal. It, it's just so rewarding. We've had now upwards, of, well, we've had 147 graduates uh, from the program. 
every week it's the hardest thing I do, uh, and I think all of us do probably, but certainly the most rewarding thing I do in, in court every, every uh, week. What do mentors do? You know, they're not their counselors. We have counselors that, that provide the official counseling, but they're there just as a friend, a confidant. It's a fellow veteran that they can confide in, somebody they can call and just talk to. Um, and they are required to, to call their mentors at least twice a week. Some of them call far more frequently. Some uh, have greater needs than others. Um, but they're there just to help guide them through the court process and maybe letting them know what to expect from the judge. Because um, especially early on, it's it's difficult. I'd say it's almost like boot camp. At first, you know, they're, there's plenty of difficulties and struggles, and then by the end, they're hopefully they're on track and, and doing well. But the mentors are by far the most important aspect of the program because, you know, none of us in the court can be there for each of them when they need to, to talk or need some help. Um, I, I think without mentors, we probably, we certainly would have lost uh, one or more of our veterans through suicides even, uh, and having the mentors there to guide them to get the help if they need it uh, is critical. So veterans court is not a free pass, not a cakewalk. No, in fact, they'll do far more, a lot of times even far more jail time because as a sanction, if they're not meeting the standards they need to, um, they have a positive test result or they aren't attending, didn't attend a counseling session, then they're, they can be sanctioned. So it's anything but uh, a free ride. Um, they, it's a voluntary thing for the veterans to be in the program, and a number of them aren't ready to make the changes and aren't uh, willing to be in veterans court, and that's okay. It's when they're ready, uh, hopefully they'll accept it and, and get into the program. But yeah, they end up doing far more than if they would just have accepted their punishment. Ultimately, if they don't make it through the program too, then they are convicted and sentenced on the pro on the uh, case as well. But the mentors, that's the key. Absolutely. Uh, they're the backbone of the whole program. You know, you go into court and you see all these black uh, polo shirts with the mentor insignia on it. The camaraderie and just the environment in there is conducive to them moving on. And so, you know, I get to wear the, the black dress in, in court there, but uh, without the mentors, the program isn't what it isn't going to be effective. So. Well, when you have people like Donna Lee and, and some of your other your mentor coordinators, people like uh, Neil, and from your perspective, Neil, as one of the mentors, what do you think? It's like taking a family member in, and we are all family. We all went through basic training, and if nothing else, that kind of ties us together because we have something in common that we can talk about. But you're there to help them have somebody's shoulder to cry on, let them know that their case, their situation as isn't as bad as it seems. And a lot of it, it's just because they had nobody to talk to to begin with. It's like taking somebody who has suicidal thoughts. Usually it's because there's nobody there to talk to them. Uh, this case, we're there to help make sure that if they can't get there to get their test, that we either drive them there, uh, we get them a bus pass, uh, we make arrangements so that they can make their appointments. If it's something they can't sleep at night, 
That means they may call you at 2 o'clock in the morning. You answer the phone. You listen to them. When it comes to suicide, that's something that's near and dear to us because we teach the Safe Talk program here once a month. Uh, RJ primarily does the teaching on Safe Talk, and we are both assist trained. That's a program through the state of Nevada Suicide Prevention. Are all of the mentors Safe Talk trained or suicide trained? Not all, um, but certainly a, a number of them are, and that's one thing we do try to at least every other month we provide uh, some training but we also send them to what's called a boot camp for those that want to go and it's uh, a week-long part of the uh, veterans treatment court conference the national conference and it's a boot camp they refer to it as to assist mentors and, and know what their role is and how to appropriately respond We've had uh, Byron Brooks uh, put on, I, I know, for some of our mentors, um, the Safe Talk, and, and I've gone through that as well as the, the follow-up to that, the, the week-long one. But it's very important that we address those issues. I have to say, uh, when I was on the bench, an individual, and there was no indication in his file that he was suicidal, but for the first time, when he's in front of me, he says that he, I ask him, you know, what's going wrong, going on, because you don't seem right, and, uh, like something's bothering you, and he goes, well, I'm thinking about killing myself, and I've had that twice in court with all the mentors and everybody there, and quite frankly, I was amazed that they were open in that, but I think that's because the mentors are veterans, we're all there trying to help, and but frankly, they, they both end up having to go to mental health facility. And I thought that after they did that, they probably wouldn't be open to me and they'd be upset and, and they, that I, they wouldn't trust me anymore. But it was quite frankly the opposite of that. When they came back, they were thankful. They were, it was a pleasure to have them back. And uh, you know, knock on wood, we've, like I say, because of mentors, I think in large part, we haven't lost anybody, but the truth of the matter is I'm sure sometime it may happen. We've had attempts, but we've had no successful suicides. But, you know, everybody, I assume, knows the suicide rates with veterans is extremely high, and, and it's very troubling. Well, in, not in every case for our listeners, is it necessary that you go to some mental facility if you're thinking about suicide, there is full intervention. Uh, we have the assist program that both RJ and I are trained on. Uh, we can intervene. We can get them some help. In some cases, certainly, they, they may go to a, uh, a facility. Uh, but is there ever a case where there aren't signs, RJ? No, there isn't. You can get signs any time. You just don't know. That's why the awareness, the safe talk, and the training is so critical. So you are aware of those signs. I lost a dear friend some years ago, and uh, after going through safe talk and then assist, I looked back, and had I been trained, I would have recognized a lot of those signs. They're there. They're, they're, they're always there. I mean, it can, you say, well, they didn't say anything. Right there's a sign. If they withdraw, they go back and, and or they start giving things away. I mean, there's a lot of signs, and we need to do a lot better job 
on getting people involved. Again, we do Safe Talk here once a month. Uh, it's a three-and-a-half-hour course. It's free. What's our next Safe Talk January here? January 21st, and you can call the Nevada Office of Suicide Prevention at 702-489-8225 to make sure you can get a seat because they fill up quickly. Well, that's... That's an important program. Uh, we encourage people to get involved in it. And not only do we have a big number in suicides among our veterans themselves, but their families. The suicide among the children of military families is off the scale. You don't hear people talking about that. It's not a pleasant subject. Veterans Court is not a pleasant subject. Although on the flip side of that, what you see graduate and the success rate that you have at that veterans court, there's nobody in the country that has a success rate that you have. It, it has been pretty amazing. But, I mean, we look at the big picture, too, because we look at, obviously, housing, uh, employment, uh, whether they want to go on to college. We have a financial planner uh, that does financial plans for them. So. And we try to help out the family as well because it, fixing a small part of their issues isn't going to uh, cut it. But it, the program has far suppressed, uh, surpassed anything I expected. The last numbers I, I received was, well, first off, normally high-risk, high-needs individuals such as those in Veterans Treatment Court, the recidivism rate is normally about 75%. You see different numbers between 80 and 70 percent the recidivism for the high risk, high needs individuals, and we're just over six percent uh, with the graduates from the program. The last numbers I, I looked at and repeat offenders six percent. Wow, that's unheard of. There's nobody in the country that on any specialty court that has that success rate. Well, and like I said, it's because we've got a great team. We've got a great bunch of defense attorneys, a great bunch of mentors. And everybody's so into it. We have a, now a uh, prosecutor who's also a veteran. And we have uh, indirect supervision, basically parole and probation individual who's wonderful with these uh, veterans and really does an amazing job with them. They call uh, this, this lady up all the time and, and discuss matters with her and, and uh, try to figure out if, if they've got some transportation issues and anyway uh, the whole team is what makes it work uh, including our uh, vjo the uh, veteran justice out uh, va justice outreach uh, specialist uh, they have been awesome uh, so it, it's not any one thing it's it's the whole thing and looking at it from the big picture um, we also one of the benefits we have at the program is we have our own 501c3 uh, nonprofit. Eventually we've gotten some grant money, but also some nonprofit money so that we can pay for bus passes to get them where they need right. to go, that we can pay for all this drug and alcohol testing that takes place. The supervision through the parole and probation, um, the majority of their fees, because the last thing we want is a veteran to not go into the program or not succeed in the program because of financial issues. So we try to use the VA for as much of the counseling and that kind of thing we can to avoid a lot of costs. But all those things together uh, is what makes it successful. If somebody wants to donate to that foundation, how do they do that? 
Well, and, and I have to put on the record, I cannot um, solicit funds or can accept funds uh, as a sitting judge. I can't do that. Right. So, Mr. Zentz, do you want to address that? Well, I believe on the uh, uh, Veterans Treatment Court web page, there is a uh, information regarding the 501c3 and how people can donate. Uh, it is established under the Henderson Community Foundation, I believe, who monitors and uh, controls the funds. So that anyone that can contribute to the Henderson Community Foundation can designate the treatment court as the recipient and it would go into the secured account uh, for the Veterans Treatment Court. And there's another way. You can go to vtrc.us, and you can donate to Veterans Transition Resource Center, earmark that, and we will grant those funds to the Veterans Court. And this, that applies to the veterans, uh, um, the Vietnam Veterans of America. Right. If it's earmarked, we will make sure it gets there. Believe me, the, the judge is a lot different when he's in court. Uh, he, he doesn't make this an easy walk. So because he sounds cool, calm, cool, and collect, when he comes to the courtroom, you, you follow what has been applied to you to the letter, uh, or you take the wrath for not doing it. Um, it's an opportunity, Neil. It's an opportunity, and it's a great opportunity. You bet it is. Well, and for our listening audience, we are on live. If you have questions for Judge Stevens or any of our panel members today, give us a call. 702-257-5396 or out of the area toll-free? 800-414-1056. And Judge Stevens, you mentioned earlier that when they successfully complete the program, the records may be conditionally sealed. And can you give a definition of that as opposed to expunging the record? Sure. Well, they're conditionally dismissed if they're domestic batteries and DUIs. And so what that means is they're dismissed. However, if they reoffend with the same charge, it could be used as enhancement for the sentencing on a new charge. So if they got rearrested for a domestic battery, they could use the prior for enhancement purposes, uh, even though it was conditionally dismissed. And sealing just means they can't see it. Expunge means it's totally eliminated. And in Nevada, we seal records. Uh, is how we, we handle it. And, and, by the way, I, I want to thank the Vietnam vets, too, for all the support with regard to the Veterans Treatment Court and all the, the mentors that have been provided by Vietnam vets. And, uh, and I would like to say, if anybody's interested in being a uh, mentor, um, please just stop into court sometime in Henderson, uh, 243 Water Street, at 2 o'clock on Thursdays. See what we do in there and see if that's something you might be interested in because we always love getting new mentors in. Mentors can get a little burnt out too. Um, right. We've got some that have been doing this for eight years, almost eight years now, uh, and they do a great job, but sometimes they need uh, a break and we need new blood in there, new veterans um, being mentors. So. Well, again, the, the court is not a cakewalk. It's not a free pass, but it is an opportunity for people if they want to straighten their lives up, get straight. There's an opportunity. There's programs there. There's mentors there. There's the judge that's a veteran. 
prosecutors and attorneys like Bob Zinson there. The, there's a lot of support. Our Veterans Transition Resource Center, we have advocates here that will file claims. We can refer you to different services, much the same as the, the Veterans Court can. So if you want to get straightened up, there's the place to do it. Give us a call at Veterans Transition Resource Center, 702-954-6300. We're located right on Sunset Park. If you're having problems, you can always give Bob Zentz a call. Bob is approved to do uh, Veterans Appeals along with Travis Barrick. In fact, they do a program that I encourage the service organizations to get Travis and Bob down on how to file a winning claim. That is a good program. You can come up on our website. It's on our website. But get before those service organizations. That's a, what, 45, 50-minute hour presentation. Well, if you've got two lawyers talking, it could be six hours. Well, that's true. <laughs> so. But uh, we have duct tape there, so we can stop <laughs> Actually, some of Actually, Vietnam vets, uh, we've spoken before them, and yes. uh, I hope it was useful. Well, it's, a, it's a fantastic program, but there are a lot of services out there uh, available to our veterans and their families, and I emphasize that. We also support the families. Without that support, there's no success with the veterans. The uh, Veterans Treatment Court is unique in that before we start a session, the judge, the prosecutor, the uh, probation parole people, the people from the VA, and the defense attorneys meet and discuss cases. And we explain that to the prospective participant before we come in that as even though we're serving as your defense attorney, it's a different role, and it's different. And the fact is, is that I, in looking at the case, may see something that requires more treatment that no one else in the room has uh, come up with. And it, treatment is treatment, not punishment. I will, in court, try to argue to minimize the amount of punishment but not the amount of treatment that's required. Well, the success of the court, we believe the mentors have a big part of that, but the balance of that, and I've been certainly to that court and watched, they listen. We're not talking down or at them. We are listening to them. And in so many cases, that's what we see here at Veterans Transition Resource Center when they come in. They want to talk. They want somebody that will listen to them. Everybody else has talked at them, the VA and a lot of the different agencies, and, and I'm not knocking the VA, but they're overwhelmed, understaffed, and they don't have the time, and they have the commitment, but they don't have the time or the resources like the Veterans Court does or like we do or other agencies, Vietnam Veterans of America. We have the time to do that. Neil? And if I can add, they're all there to help you. There is nobody there to run you down. They're there to extend what they can do in their area of expertise. So take advantage of it. This is not an unfriendly environment. It's a very friendly environment. All you have to do is make the effort. Well, Veterans Treatment Court, you know, I would prefer to call it Veterans Support Court because that's exactly what is in place there, support for that veteran and that veteran's family if they want to get straight and move forward. Uh, I've seen it firsthand for years now. 
It's a fantastic program, and what you do, I can't say enough good about. Uh, I just, I just wish we could get more behind it. We could get more funds available, so we could. Uh, I mean, everything takes money. Uh, it takes money to run our Veterans Transition Resource Center. We are a 501c3 not-for-profit. Also, there's no salaries here. Every penny that comes in goes to support our programs, our show, and all the things we do. Same thing with the Veterans uh, uh, Court. That 501c3, the, the money that can go into that 501c3 or that community fund goes to support more resources. Well, in, in, with regard to that, the uh, Henderson Community Foundation manages and right. deals with all the reporting and legal issues, but they're not there to, to make money themselves, right. no. and they charge us 1%. So 99% of the money goes to uh, the veterans to, for bus passes and, and all the different things I stated previously. So it's, it's not going 50% to administration. There's nobody taking a salary, just like with the resource center here. There's nobody taking a salary. Um, and I think that's important when you're giving, you want to get the most bang for your buck. Um, we don't want them to fail, as you said, because of finances. I mean, there, a lot of these veterans don't have the money for transportation to get to the court. And the bus passes and, and the different... Uh, little things that we don't think about, we take for granted. It's important to them. Well, we've had uh, veterans, and I think the judge would agree, that really had no incentive with respect to the uh, dismissal to come in because they've had prior convictions, mm -hmm. uh, they have a record, or it's an offense that really um, isn't going to affect them down the road. But they come in because they want to change. And there were some people, long-term uh, addicts, that came through the program and graduated. I haven't seen them again. And that's a great thing in, in a sense that uh, if I haven't seen them, that means they haven't reoffended. But you have seen some. They've come back as mentors. Come, come, some have come back <laughs> as speakers at graduations. And they're very moving at times with respect to what their experience was. It's not easy, but if somebody graduates, they're going to live a hel uh, healthy life afterward. We owe our veteran, men and women veterans, a second chance. When they get out of the service, they've done things and see things that nobody should have. And do they have problems? Yes. Not many, but some do. That's right. They deserve that second chance, and that's something that's happened to you and I over the years in supporting this, uh, RJ. People say, well, why should the veterans have any special thing? Well, as you said earlier, Judge Stevens, there's all kinds of specialty courts, not just for veterans. And, and Vets Court works because of the mentors, because of the camaraderie, the common – and plus veterans thrive on a little structure and discipline. Uh, we're used to that. Bob had said about individuals uh, that – don't get into the program because it's dismissed. There's been a lot of them through the years, and especially early on, where like, oh, we shouldn't let this person in. I'm like, well, there's really no, because there's no way in the world they're going to make it through this and stay clean and sober and, and do all the counseling. And I think early on, I was probably the one that said, well, there's nothing lost by giving the opportunity. I'll give you an example. I had a, a Marine. He was a Vietnam veteran. This is early on. And I'd actually sentenced him in another court when I was filling in for a judge, and I had sentenced him uh, to 90 days on a petty larceny charge. And uh, 
sometimes later, we just started Veterans Treatment Court, and he asked to be transferred to Veterans Treatment Court. He's in front of me, and uh, an old Marine, I, w- I was in the Marine Corps as well, mm-hmm. and so he's in front of me, and I said, do you understand, you know, I put you in jail mm-hmm. for 90 days a while ago, and you're asking to be put back in this court? Mm-hmm. Go, you understand, mm-hmm. you had to be clean and sober, and, and went through all this stuff, and he goes, yes, it's time for me to change. And I, I absolutely was um, taken back and, and uh, couldn't believe that he flew through the program. He was a homeless individual that had addiction issues, PTSD, and um, in fact, one of the defense attorneys was taking him home one night because it was raining. Uh, he now was in a weekly at that point instead of out in the desert, and on the way uh home he pointed off in the desert and goes you know i've lived there for i think it was like 15 years either there or in the jail for the last 15 years out in the desert and now he stops in every once in a while to let us know how he's doing he's got a house reunited with his family he went from not having any vehicles to a moped to now having a pt cruiser he was all excited about that and those kind of things is what makes it all worth it for the mentors for for us uh, just to see the changes and there's been a lot of them over the years and continue today that we probably the majority of the people would say no don't let them in um, because they're not going to make it because they've been addicted to meth for 15 years and then they come back and and make it uh, it's incredible they've started businesses uh, uh, no one individual that was addicted to meth and um, for 15 years who now has his own handyman uh, business and is overwhelmed by all the work he's gotten and and he stops in he's been a guest speaker um, but there's quite frankly about 147 of those stories uh, so I won't get it anymore but uh, veterans just, do business with veterans they do, but his work is so good that it wouldn't matter whether they're veterans right. or not. Everybody wants him. Uh, uh, it's, it comes it's back to our motto, veterans helping veterans. You bet. They, these guys need vets to talk to because they know what they've been through. It may not be the same situation that being done today as it was when some of us older guys were in Vietnam and uh, the uh, Korean War, but the stress and the um, taunting a situation of those memories they can relate to and talk to them in a manner that they feel comfortable that they're not the only one that's going through this and that's really the big thing the people they talk to outside all they do is moan and groan and try to up on who has the worst situation but when you come over here you try and bring them to earth that it could be worse you aren't you know that far gone as you think you are Um, there's still hope for you, and that's all they're looking for. You know, people ask me, why is it so difficult to get these veterans in to to give them the services? And You have to understand, they're proud people. These veterans get out and they've served, and sure, they get into problems, but they are really proud people. And part of our training going in is what? Part of our training going is suck it up and move on. Guess what? Sometimes you can't suck it up and move on. You need help. And the pride can get in the way, the embarrassment of the problems that you've gotten into. Believe me, everybody goes through something, and the services are in place to help. VVA, American Legion, you know, we work with all of them here. 
there are no egos here. We are veterans trying to help veterans, as you said, Neil. And, and we have to get that point across. The financial literacy programs you indicated earlier, uh, a lot of these people on the street, you think, well, they want to be there. Well, some you'll never get off the street. But there's a lot of them that don't want to be there. What's the program to step them out of it? You can take them off the street, give them a house, and say, okay, there's nobody on the street. How long are they going to be there? Unless they have a way. And financial liter literacy is the first part of that. Some of them don't even know how to balance a checkbook. Now, part of what Gobi and our group out here are doing this year, we want to get our financial literacy program going again. We can sit down and talk about basic things, and, and we take it for granted. We, what do you mean you can't balance a checkbook? It's amazing. Some can't. It's not that difficult. They just never have done that. And what is a credit card? And we're going to start doing a little bit segment on each show now on financial literacy. When you go open a bank account, what should you expect? How does it work? Uh, those are just the basics. And we've got a five-step program that we're developing to get people off the street into homes or into housing. That's important. We're working with a whole group of people. We can't be all things to all people just like the Veterans Court can't. But all of those resources we have available to us out there, and if we work together, we can get it done. I really believe that. You know, Jim, one of the things to remember is Henderson is not the only veterans court in the country. Right. But all of them across the country, they have the same goal. The rules might change a little bit, but the same goal is to work on the underlying problems which got that veteran in trouble in the first place. And just like the veterans court here, they all need money. We need money, and that's the one way you can help. That's why we have sponsors that a lot of them helped us out last year, and they're continuing to help us this year, and we've got some improvements coming also. But next week, before we run out of time, because we are getting short on time, is we're going to be at the Nevada Legislative Summit over at will be in Las Vegas at our Veterans Hospital starting about 8.30 in the morning. And it will go until noon, and then we'll do the show right after that and talk some of the issues that come up related to veterans. And one of those will probably be some of the changes we talked about prior to the show about some little minor changes in wording in one of the, uh, one of the laws that's going to be proposed. So that's important to come there next week, January 12th. We'll be at the Veterans uh, Hospital in Las Vegas, 6900 North Pecos Road. And I guess coffee and donuts start at 8.15 for that. Go ahead and come to that. We'll be live from the hospital right after that uh, event. And again, that's at the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare Center at the auditorium there. The actual conference starts uh, at 9, goes to 11.30. And then after, we're doing a live show out there with the director, uh, Kat Miller, will be on with us along with uh, Fred Wegar, deputy uh, for the Nevada Department of Veterans Services. That should be a great show, and we will be there attending that, listening in on, on the legislations that's being proposed, and certainly we hope that we get more and more people behind our veterans' court courts overall and bring that awareness up of what can be done, the success rate. Invest now or pay later, and we need to invest now so we have the support and the resources to help our veterans and their families. And the more that your support uh, more support that you give out there then hopefully i don't see them because they're in trouble and they get the help they need 
before they end up in front of me. I'm glad we're catching it at the lowest level with misdemeanors uh, for the most part. But, you know, the idea is obviously that they get help before they have to end up in the judicial system. But. Well, before we run out of time, we need to mention uh, a lot of the people that we work with, our sponsors, Fox Outdoor, Amethyst Health. Of course, Rum Runner Boulder, we are just about to set our next event with Rum Runner. Uh, we don't have out. an exact date yet, but that will be in March. Zents and Zents, of course, uh, with Bob Zents on the air with us. Uh, that's uh, qualified to file veterans' appeals. Uh, Travis Barrick, of course, uh, has an office three doors down from us, uh, a good guy on staff doing veterans' appeals. Finley Cadillac, PETA, uh, that's something we are really excited about, Professional Institute of Technology and Accounting. We're going to be going together with those folks to do a campus out here, or we're, we're trying to organize it now, and those courses will be free to our veterans. So uh, just anything else that, that you can think of, RJ, as we wind down on time here? Well, we do have another sponsor that just came in, memorabilia.expert. You can go to them, and they have an event coming up January 26th. We'll go ahead and give you more information on that either next week or right before that happens. And then our memorabilia expert, Chef JB, and what he's working with with that group. I mean, we just have an unbelievable grouping around us, of course, the Vietnam Veterans of America that I'm also on the board with, with Neil. Uh, you know, our, our 3848 VFW post here, just a, a outstanding group that we're slowly pulling together and starting to work more and more together. You know, there's power in numbers. And with all of us working together, we can accomplish these things. We can... We can help the Veterans Court on financial literacy. We can refer things. We can hopefully uh, raise some money to, to give more resources to the courts. So there's so much in 2019 that I'm excited about. None of these darned elections are over with. Maybe we can go forward and, and start looking at being productive. Bob, you got something to say. I can see well, that. there will be local elections, so you're not going to be done with uh, political <laughs> issues. Well... Again, I, uh, we don't get into politics on the show. No. We stay away from all of that. But uh, uh, you will see the signs. Uh, I'm wore out with the elections. The, the other thing that I uh, wanted to mention real quick is uh, Amazon.com and how you can support uh, the VTRC uh, through Amazon.com. Apparently, uh, if I understand it correctly, it's smile.amazon.com. And then there's a selection, and you can select VTRC. And, RJ, I know that uh, it doesn't cost you any more, but the VTRC does receive some we funding. We receive benefit from it. Yeah, that's correct. Well, we're down to the last minute. Judge Stevens, as always, I know you don't get a lot of time off, but we drag you in there on a Saturday and, and pick your brain, but you're doing a great job. I can't say enough good about what I see there. Bob Zentz, Neil's a mentor, and also... Uh, Heads up the VVA chapter out here in Henderson. Well, I just uh, want to clarify that I'm not a mentor. <clears throat> I'm speaking on their behalf, and I have a great right. deal of mentors that are there and can't thank them enough. for. Right. And Bob Zentz, all that you do, not only for the court, but uh, the Veterans Appeals, appreciate everybody's help. Uh, let's make it a great 2019. And at that, we are out of time. Have a great week. We will see you next week out at Southern Nevada Veterans Legislative Summit. Have a great one. Be safe.